Hey folks, it's Craig from the EduPunks podcast, just starting the episode a little bit differently this week to remind y'all that, hey, give us a follow on the iTunes store, give us a follow on social media at uh, EduPunks Pod on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also starting a new Facebook community for folks to connect with other punk educators, daily disruptors, everyday educators, all, all that good stuff. Uh, I'll have the link in the show notes so that you can add yourself to the Facebook group if you want to be be part of it and be a member of the community so that we can all kind of support each other and create some cool new uh, stuff together. This week I have the members of the band Late Bloomer with me chatting about their new album Waiting, which just came out on 6131 Records. They actually came to me in my hometown of Quincy, Mass. My new hometown, where I live, I guess, in Quincy, Mass. We went to a diner near uh, our apartment and had some custard and had some cold brews and just chatted it up. So this episode has a bit of chatter in the background, some noise. So I'm sorry for those folks who uh, might not like a little bit of noise in the background, but you can definitely hear the guys super clear. Our conversation comes through pretty clear. Um, And yeah, it's a really good conversation about what happens Uh, when education doesn't work out and how uh, one of the guys, Josh, in the band was set out to be, um, he set out to be an educator and then the recession happened and he had to find other opportunities and now music is working out. So it's one of those kinds of conversations where sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do to survive and education doesn't work out all the time. We also get to touch on uh, different forms of music education and whatnot, as well as some conversations on emo, masculinity, and a bunch of other stuff. So I hope you really enjoy this conversation. Let's just get right to it. Here we go. Late Bloomer. Sitting here with the guys from Late Bloomer. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good. Still, still kind of hot. It is hot. Yeah, but at least like we're inside. There's some fans going. We got some nice cold beverages. Cold, cold brews. You don't have one. I know. Now I'm jealous. Well, I just got a coke. Yeah, you can always get up and get get a beverage if you want it. Uh, so, why don't y'all introduce yourselves? Who you are? What you do in the band? I'm Neil, I play guitar and sing. Cool. I'm Brandon, and I play drums. I'm also a fill-in, but... <laughs> a fill-in? <laughs> and so I'm Josh, I play bass, and uh, sing, and I'm not a fill-in. 
<laughs> so. so you're filling. A brand um, sorta. Sorta. Yeah, yeah. sorta, yeah. That's fair. Whatever. Um, so when did the band get going? Uh, we started kind of practicing and talking about it in like 2011, but didn't really. I mean, basically, I guess the band officially started in 2012. Played our first show early on that year. Uh, me and Neil had played in a band together uh, before that and kind of actually sort of during this too. Um, and so, six years ago. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. So it's been a minute. Yeah, we uh, put out our first LP in 2013 and then another one in 2014 and then kind of been working on putting out another one. Uh, since then, yeah. so four years later, new records out finally. Yeah, yeah. Through six one three one, who are our friends at this podcast. How did that get hooked up? Uh, after things changed, the last record came out. We were, you know, kind of talking about if we wanted to, because we basically like self-released the yeah. last two records. Because I run a label called Self Aware Records, mm-hmm. uh, and we were just like. You know, it's, it went well releasing our own record. You know, we got some traction on it. Uh, but it was like, it'd be nice to just kind of not have to, like, think about splitting your mental energy between I'm in the band, but I'm also the label, and, you know, just having one less thing to worry about. Yeah. And, you know, just someone that was just going to be pushing the record, not, like, trying to push the band plus the record. Uh, so they just kind of seem like a good fit in terms of, like what they came from and what they were going to, you know, towards. Um, so that's kind of like the same trajectory as us in bands. Like we come from like hardcore bands and uh, like punk bands, and you know, just saw that we were kind of moving some away from that. And that's you know where they entered the picture. Uh, they seemed to know about our last record, and uh, yeah, just kind of all fell into place cool nice so how long do you were how long were you working on the new album uh i'd say almost from the point that the last one came out but oh so yeah. for a minute some yeah. of those songs were written before the last record came out actually. oh sort of yeah. um i'd say i think like i remember we were one song in particular on the new record, Make It Go Away, uh, me and Neil were like sitting in a hotel room and he had a guitar and, and it was just like, hey, I have this part, you know, I like played him a recording and then he played it on guitar and we kind of sang the part together. So it's like sort of written in a hotel room. Uh, and so that's like the oldest one I can think of. So like really since 2014, uh, you know, we were writing, we planned on writing, like trying to write 20 songs and then cut it down to like the best 10. Hmm. And that's you know, probably what took most of the time. It's like writing 20 songs while also like starting new jobs and, you know, just life. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Our drummer, uh, Scott, that's not on tour with us, uh, he moved his record store that he owns to a bigger spot and so uh, you know between all of that it was just like oh it's been it's been four years now <laughs> yeah uh, and y'all are from North Carolina right yeah Charlotte North yeah Carolina. what's the scene like in North Carolina 
it's pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of great bands uh, from the area. Uh, you know, a lot of changes in like the neighborhood in terms of kind of same thing everyone experiences with like I guess gentrification and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot. Uh, I feel like a lot of the bands are kind of getting attention or had gotten attention. Uh, you know, like it looks sad. They're from Charlotte. Um, like Mineral Girls, they recently broke mm-hmm. up. Uh, but you know they were doing stuff and kind of you know someone a band that people would know from mm-hmm. you know and then Faye they're on Tiny Engines and uh, you know so not a whole lot of people in the scene but uh, a lot of people that come to shows are also in bands and yeah. uh, I, I like Charlotte it's good good place it's definitely an active scene and uh, you know people are doing things but um, yeah it's it's um, I would say it's more in the the smaller end, you know, of of, of music scenes in, in the country. You know, but uh, there's people doing stuff for sure. It's cool. cool stuff. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, to yeah, hear. I feel like it's one of the more busiest ones in North Carolina now. Uh, it has it, everything kind of goes in ways with which scenes kind of popping. But from my perspective, I feel like North Carolina or Charlotte's doing really good things in that regard. It's usually always been like a toss-up between Raleigh and Charlotte. Um, you know, there are a lot of cool Raleigh bands, but I feel like there's a lot more active Charlotte bands that playing and getting some sort of attention. Yeah. 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 The North Carolina band that comes to my mind is Between the Buried that's just the one that always comes to my brain yeah a lot of that style of music is still I mean they're kind of a style into their own but uh, but heavier music definitely is probably more dominant in like the Charlotte area Um, I'd say it's definitely more hash than like uh, you know Raleigh Raleigh always typically is where people assume like indie rock bands and, and whatnot come from but so like if you like if we were a heavier band, we'd probably be doing better in Charlotte, but it's not by any means bad. You know? okay. Still a stronghold in the scene. Like if you start a hardcore band or just a heavy band in general, kind of out of the gates, we'd probably do better. I mean, yeah. we all used to be in those bands. Yeah. Yeah. And we were all in whether it's metal or punk or hardcore, whatever you want to call any of it. Yeah. yeah. Basically the same scene. You know? At least, at least where we are. I mean. A lot of metalheads are also punk kids too. Yeah, a lot of cross. I think like the the hard part for people to kind of figure out about Charlotte is like there's not so much of one thing like you know like maybe up in wherever you want to say whatever town any town USA there might be like five youth group bands or something there might be like five metal bands but it's like there might be like one of kind of each certain thing and all of those bands will potentially play together. Yeah. Um, so, and that's what's great about Charlotte, but I think it's hard for people to figure out what's going on. Like, if you're like, I want to go to a hardcore show tonight, I mean, you might be able to do that now in Charlotte. Uh, but, like, you know, usually it's kind of like there's a good hardcore band with other bands. You know? Yeah. So, pretty diverse bills. Definitely. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you're going to have to, <laughs> if you want to get on a bill, you're going to have to get on with some folks that might not be as open yeah. to your sounds. But I love the sound. Like, I, I, when I was listening to the new albums, especially, I kept getting, like, vibes from, like, All Get Out and, like, even some Manchester Orchestra kind of stuff. Just, like, that gritty, almost, like, it feel, I hate to say Southern rock, but, like, All Get Out Manchester Orchestra have, like, reinvented that kind of style and it kind of felt that to me to some degree. I love the first All Get Out, I think it was an EP, the 
first one? The the season isn't is a full length. Yeah, whatever was before the season. Oh, I don't know. There was like an EP before the season that was sick, which I don't even think it's on Spotify. Oh wow, there were some really good songs on. I don't even know that. Yeah, but the season is like. I actually, I actually wake yeah. up. To, that's my alarm clock song. It's the season. <laughs> yeah. Don't wanna go, don't wanna go, don't wanna leave. Yeah, I get it. That means awesome, dude. But it, it felt like y'all were kind of going in that direction, but also still doing something that was had that grungier side to it. Um, can you talk a little bit about the influences that even went toward like that direction? Because it does definitely sound like you're coming from a bunch of different types of bands. Yeah, I mean, before the band we were in before this one uh, was, uh, I guess you would say it was an alt-country band. Uh, alt-country? Yeah. Okay, yeah, hell yeah. So, uh, I mean, so there's a lot of, like, kind of singer-songwriter type stuff that we're pretty influenced by, but also, like, pretty influenced by, like, you know, Jawbox or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of DC-oriented kind of stuff. Uh you know, and then just kind of like hardcore roots, like it's just something we can't really shake. So it's kind of all informing. And so a little bit of, uh, you know, like Songs Ohio or Red House Painters kind of stuff, but only in sense of like maybe sometimes it's like a linear song written kind of thing. You know, ghost in what, you know. Well, I definitely buzz. think that that like the kind of like rootsier sounds rootsier. come 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 into. Um, like the song, uh, Not the Same, that kind of feels that way to me. It's like a little bit, because um, you kind of bring it down, because that's the song that kind of like brings it down a little bit uh, yeah, in yeah. tempo and then kind of builds toward the end. Um, it definitely felt like that was a part, that, that was a moment in the album where you're kind of like exploring a little bit of something else yeah. um, with the sounds. And I really, I really dug the hell out of that. Yeah, I feel like actually something about that song and kind of like the repetition at the end it was like I feel like I had to check I always feel like I'm like accidentally ripping off like Neurosis songs uh, but just in like no one would ever figure it out because it's like in a different we don't tune that low I was gonna say I would never think that I would never think that it's like the pattern of it is is like present a lot in like albums like Sun That Never Sets Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I'm always like somehow I subconsciously rip off this album but it's like an ongoing thing where I'm like I think this might be a Neurosis song but I'm like but I don't sing anywhere close to the way that guy no, sings no, no. and we don't tune the same so it's like worlds apart I think we can get away with it I think yeah. you can get away with it <laughs> yeah, if you, I mean you did if you, yeah, if you rip off a band just tune differently that's like so so Chevelle the band Chevelle forever has been influenced by Tool and A Perfect Circle and like some folks are like, I don't hear it, I don't hear it. And as someone who like listens to a lot of Tool or has listened to a lot of Tool, I'm like, oh, I hear it completely. Like I get that, but I can understand folks who don't listen to that don't hear it. So like folks who wouldn't listen to like Neurosis probably have no idea. Yeah, and granted, like I'm not that familiar, but I get those tricks. Like as I do, I do my, my own music. I try to like make my own style of someone that I'm trying to like emulate. In a yeah, way. I think sometimes you just worry that whenever you're listening to something a lot, it's like rub, you know, coming through with your music. And so it's like, if I'm listening to Rosas a lot and then I've written a lot of songs, it's like, 
that somehow this comes through, like, on accident, hopefully, yeah. you know, but it's I mean, like... Honestly, I feel like every time, I feel like us, we don't really, I don't think I've ever tried, maybe when I was really young for starting music, I don't think I've ever tried to sound like something, because anytime I sort of start trying to sound like something else, it just ends up sucking. Yeah. Like, if I try to emulate somebody else, it's just going to be a second-rate version of whatever that is, yeah. you know, so... Yeah, I don't think there at really almost any point in the band, we've sat down to you know kind of like let's do this or even like trying to like figure out what sound we are and go more towards that Mm -hmm. it's just you know kind of whatever comes out and what you know three people make together is what we want to sound like you Mm -hmm. know and we know it'll always get you know kind of like people will say like you know grunge and other people call us like an emo band and we've been called a shoegaze band you know and then it's like yeah, we've also like, been called emo hipster bullshit. Yeah. What was so, that? We've also been called emo hipster bullshit. So <laughs> we, we we claim that sometimes. <laughs> and it's weird. It's I like, don't. And I I am an emo hipster bullshit kind of person. I don't hear that. <laughs> I don't hear that. I also don't hear shoegaze. But yeah. I don't know. Shoegaze is a lot of things to a lot of people, and I don't want to have that debate. What, yeah. I'm not a fan of that but debate. I don't think it's. Anyway. <laughs> I think like basically because like whatever pedal you use, like a delay pedal, yeah, on, delay more reverb. so on the last record, uh, things changed. Uh, you know, there were definitely songs that went on longer. But it's like so if you write a song longer than four minutes, people are gonna call you shoegaze. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, have you guys ever listened to shoegaze? Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, if the vocals are anywhere near like fuzzy or hella reverb, they're like, oh, this is definitely. I don't think we've ever been washed fun. out enough to actually be a shoegaze band. Yeah, I'd say no, we're yeah. closer to a post rock band than a shoegaze band. I can hear that. that. Yeah. You definitely allow some like tail ends of songs to just like breathe for two minutes. Yeah. Just like let them explore and like cut the vocals, just let them explore. Oh, yeah. My friends in Animal Flag do that a lot too. Yeah, I they, like their new stuff. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. great. Um, I actually just teamed up with Matt, who's the singer for Animal Flag. We had him on the podcast too. Uh, he and I just teamed up to do uh, I do spoken word, and we just like did a collaboration. We're gonna put it out in a couple weeks. It's gonna be sick. Um, but he makes like post rock instrumental stuff as well, so that's where a lot of that influence yeah. comes from. So it totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, we come out of. A time where I don't know. I mean, we all grew up on stuff, you know, like Cave In and Converge, and uh, you know, and then just, saw both of them a couple weeks ago yeah. at the Caleb Schofield thing. Yeah, and then like you know, metalcore bands and stuff. We were all about when we were a lot younger. So I don't know how much that comes through I, on anything you know, we when do. I was, but, when I was just discovering music when I was like 15 or 16, you know, start getting into like we talked about this the other day, Josh. Um, Getting into like, I guess technically, would it be second wave emo? I don't know, but like bands like Mineral and Sunny Day Real Estate and all that. Um, I think, at least me personally, I'm very yeah, stuff like that. I'm personally really influenced by that stuff. Uh, Yeah. So that's why I think it's really funny when younger people these days are referencing real emo as like this fifth wave stuff that's going on now. Not that it's bad, but it's like. Because like I consider like the real emo stuff, what you're what you're naming, yeah. and stuff in that vein, and bands like today, like bands like Foxing are doing that yeah. kind of stuff, or um, I don't know, a bunch of like the world is like they're yeah. they're like taking it to another level. But like the the place that I always bump on is like there was a generation of us, and I don't know exactly how old you all are, but I'm thirty. Me too. Thirty. Okay, cool. So we're of like the same generation. 
there's that mall core bullshit that keeps getting called emo. Like my chemical romance and the oh, yeah. Fallout oh, yeah. Boy oh, yeah. from first to last. None of to me, none of that is emo. It's, That's it's what like I hated. scene. It's yeah. scene music. There's a lot of, but there's a lot of new emo bands I don't know why I did air quotes on a podcast uh, that I feel it really comes through I feel like there's young like people that might be like 18 to 20 or whatever uh, they reference those bands like non-ironically mm-hmm. like and I've seen that more like and more where people would just be like my chemical romance is like peak for these people you know and then I'm like that's weird but you know you don't want to get too old guy with them like this is not you know legit because like debatable but it's like I don't know that was like radio music to me mm-hmm. growing up like you know the only and I think some of the diverse stuff of what we play uh, is really like based on the fact that we just got into a lot of stuff because of like skate videos and bike video, like BMX yeah. videos and yeah. stuff and so it's like if we have a varied sound it's because of that but I guess kids have a younger kids have the ability to just be like I like this kind of music mm-hmm. like I feel like before like the advent of being able to listen to stuff on Spotify uh, you kind of just listen to whatever you can find yeah you know? like, 100% you, you, whatever you yeah. could rip off of like LimeWire or oh, use CDs all the time oh yeah, yeah. mixed like one of the things that I think our generation ruled at like just after the mixtapes yeah. we started doing the like blank C like the CDRs yeah. like that yeah. was a big revelation like it was a big revelation for our generation yeah. was like make me a CD like whatever you're listening to just make me a CD make sure you write down who's on that CD and then I'll take it home put it in my computer and see what else I like and then I'll find I think, yeah, yeah. I think it was on Kazaa that I found uh, that Minerals cover of Crazy. Oh, yeah? Which is a really cool yeah. cover. Uh, I didn't even know that. It's on a 7-inch now. You know, you can find it, I guess. I don't know. But you just find the most random stuff on that. Like, Or it would say it's like... Yeah, like happened a lot. Me- Metallica, and it's actually like Tom Roddy or something. Yeah, yeah. Or like sometimes what would happen was... Uh, let me try it. Oh, like I downloaded a bunch of Ramones on Kazaa, and some of it was like the refreshments. And then you're like, this Ramones song's really weird. But you didn't really have a way, central way to be like, is this a Ramones song? And so you'd be like, have you heard that one? It's like, what I like about you. And then you're like, I guess that's a Ramones song. I don't know. And you're like, that's weird. I like, couldn't find it on anything else, like my greatest hits. Like, I guess that's a deep cut. Yeah. For the yeah. We, we would get, like, when, that, like, someone would say, like, oh, this album leaks. And then, like, I would go try to get my copy of the leak. It was not that band at all. Like, this album Because people so did that on purpose. Leak. There was yeah. an article about this guy that was doing that in, like, Shelby, North Carolina, where he would essentially leak stuff, but he would just leak. Like, people would leak like uh, say it was like 50 cent or something and then put something else up there and then a bunch of people would download that you know I don't really know what the end game is no, there no. but I guess maybe you can like get people to listen to your band yeah. you know but then they're like I think it's Dr. Dre or something yeah or something you know like but I don't know what the like well I guess I like this I'll keep this you know? people have been doing that not to bring up Tool again but people have been doing that since they haven't put out an album forever people post like a song that's like by a band that sounds peripherally similar and you're like oh that could 
work, and then all yeah. the comments are like, this is bullshit. Why the fuck people keep doing this shit? Didn't Tim, <laughs> Tim Heidecker put out the fake Bob Dylan song? Yeah, well, he, he did a whole bunch of, like... His, his music's interesting to me. Yeah. He always put, like, he put out a whole bunch of songs, like... Uh, like too dumb for suicide this year about Trump, and like they were all just like anti-Trump songs. Didn't one of them get like got in trouble? For yeah. Oh yeah, he got like, in a lot of trouble for that album because yeah. he like basically tells Trump to kill himself, <laughs> which is pretty fucked. Yeah. Is it though? I mean, that would probably no. That actually would be bad. It would be president. <laughs> So we're taking a quick break from the conversation to bring you an advertisement for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's kind of been a weird few weeks for folks in the world, and I feel like it can be a little overwhelming at times. And we recently lost a student at my campus, and there's just been a lot of loss happening lately, and I'm 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 really bummed out about it. And I just want to again share this resource for folks so that they know that there are resources. Please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline if you or someone else is not feeling well or just need someone to talk to. Call one eight hundred. 273-TALK, which is 8255-1-800-273-TALK. You can also suggest to people uh, to reach out to the crisis text line. You can just text HOME to 741-741. You can also text TALK. You can text a lot of words just to 741-741, and someone will be ready to text with you about what you're going through and how to support you. So please, please, please know that you have resources, and there are people to help you out through tough times and hell even just reach out to us if you feel like you uh, are more comfortable talking to someone that you're more familiar with at least their voices call 1-800-273-TALK 1-800-273-8255 the national suicide prevention lifeline all right now let's get back to this conversation with late bloomer so podcast about education stuff means uh i I gotta segue to that kind of whatever um so josh josh you originally i don't know how to speak uh josh you originally went i was trying to say initially and originally at the same time it's okay i said stereotistically (laughs) (laughs) oh and uh yesterday uh we're doing great we met paul from tor johnson and brandon never met paul and he knew his name was Paul. Yeah. I knew it was mean someone named Paul, and I just like shook his hand. I'm like, hey, my, I'm Paul. And he's like, oh, wait. Uh, oh, that's great. Well, I'm Paul, too. I was like, no. I don't know wait. why I just did that. Yeah, yeah. I just had a malfunction. And, um, that's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It was a great introduction. You know? yeah, yeah, I bet. It's getting kind of yeah. warm in here. Um, so, Josh, you originally went to school to do education. Like, you wanted to be an educator yes tell me why you wanted to do that why would anyone do I don't know uh, I guess it's like <laughs> well, now I that... teach middle school or something uh, yeah. I now, did for a minute now that I'm older it's kind of like hard to kind of figure out like the why um, 
I think like since I was like interested in music and since like you know you have summers off that always even as like a kid like I was like that seems really cool yeah uh, but it was like and the idea that you're like you know just like helping people and yeah. uh, helping kids and um, just always seemed like a positive thing to do mm-hmm. like you know just for as long as I can remember it was just like I either wanted to teach or like own a bike shop and I've like done bicycles. yeah and okay. I've done neither <laughs> with my life uh, so but it was just like if that doesn't work out then this is gonna work out well I think honestly the later in life bike shop idea is always on the it's, table yeah it's not like it's an always on specific thing um, so it's like it, to, it could totally happen yeah uh, I mean I have a shop here in town that I always go take my bike to. I commute by bike so like my bike if my bike is out of commission I don't get to work yeah. <laughs> it's but, important to have those yeah it was just always something that I wanted to do either like teach history or English uh, both were when I started college, I was a history major, but then when they started talking about, like, battle formations, I was like, bye. Yeah. You know, it's like, don't really want to do this part of history. You're kind of like, well, if you think that, you're like, if you think that if the Revolutionary War Army, like, if, you know, the, the American Army flanked the British at this, then we could have, like, potentially won this battle. And I was like, ooh, I'll see you guys later. Like, because it was more just about the... I guess the linear kind of timeline of like history in terms of like how it tied into American studies yeah. that I was interested in. Um, and not that. Not too much of a change of subject. I just find it's funny that the guy who was just telling us yesterday about how in, in high school he used to kick the kids who had the rolly book bags, he would kick their book bags. <laughs> so he wanted to be an educator. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sometimes the bullies become the best at understanding how to reach the kids in the future generation. I'm allowed to say that. I was a piece of shit kid, and now I'm a piece of shit educator, but I know how to reach those kids. I definitely wasn't cool. So. I feel like the... <laughs> Wait, like you just weren't one of the cool kids? Or? Yeah, I was a little skateboarder kid, but they, that definitely wasn't cool. So. Well, those were the cool kids in high school growing up. I was, were you like skater punk or were you like somewhere crap? No, skater. Is that a thing that even existed? Okay, okay. Yeah, I was okay. a real skater. Alright, alright, alright. I never skated. I was just always like, I ride my bike. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, my wife has said that she was like, if I would have known you in high school, we would not be together. Because <laughs> uh, like those stories kind of pop up and I never thought of myself as a bully like growing up. Because I don't think, I think like a bully will do stuff like, like if you're in class, like I remember I had in like seventh grade, okay, it was like the first day of school and I had the same pair of airwalks that I had from the last year. And the first day this kid like loudly was like, you have the same shoes. And like in front of the whole class, that was like super embarrassing. Like that's a bully to me. Like somebody that will like make your life difficult. Like if you kick a kid's book bag, you kind of, you don't, it's they go on with their life, you know? I mean, I guess they probably feel bad about it, but... Yeah. Especially when you're like... Yeah, justify it. Just keep justifying <laughs> it to yourself, Josh. I, I was going to say I don't do it now, but I know I've done it to Scott. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, well, it's so funny. It's totally fine to do it to Scott. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, growing up when I was going through school, I was like the kid who couldn't sit still. I was always saying everything that was on my mind. 
and still getting A's in every class. And like the teachers would be like, why are you distracting other students? I'm like, I'm, I'm still getting my stuff done. I don't know what their problem is. <laughs> I was like that. I remember one time in high school, I got up on my desk and like took my shirt off and started dancing. And then the teacher was like, he was a very, really nice guy. He's like a Quaker. And so he's always like, just like, please don't do that. And, you know, and then just like, he was, that's like the only way he scolded you. Uh, Did you guys eat a lot of oatmeal in class? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he, he was like one of these people where he just kept being my teacher, even though he didn't, like, it just with, I would take a different class and then he would still be my teacher. And it had to not be great for him because he just take more and more advantage of him. But just like stupid pranks like that, like, just kind of make things awkward, you know, or jump off something in school and... I don't know. I guess Jackass was really big around that it time. Was. And CKY. It was. Uh, so a lot of that. Yeah. So when you wanted to go to education, was it to help the kids out that were like you? Or I was think, it to... I think probably in hindsight, yes. I think like coming from kind of like a troubled home and I guess, to be honest, like an abusive kind of home. I, it's like probably, it's like the end part of a movie where it's like, but then I realized I wanted to just help myself. Like it was probably a lot of that. Like if you could kind of help someone maybe have like a better childhood than you had, then it might kind of help you <laughs> become a better adult, yeah. you know, hopefully. Um, so I think there was probably a lot of that tied into it. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of get beyond my own upbringing helping other people. Uh, so. Well, I won't say anything smart-ass about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally fine. Um, so, why didn't education work out? Um, so, around the time I graduated, I had planned to do, like, lateral entry. Um, Can you explain that a little bit? Like, essentially, if you don't have an education certification then you can still get a job teaching if you get hired by a school system, but once you get hired, you have to get your certification within a certain time. Um, and so you basically have to go back to college while you're teaching. Um, you know, so that was like a commonplace thing around the time that I graduated, but or people that graduated like a year before me, they were all getting jobs as teachers. But then like the Great Recession hit and they laid off lot of teachers in North Carolina, uh, especially ones that were lateral entry teachers. Yeah. And they also laid off like people that had been there for a while that were close to retirement. So it makes sense. So a lot of the kind of, I guess, middle range teachers were capped. Um, and they're still like, basically because we've had like Republican governors for so long, uh, Pat McCrory. Mm-hmm. Um, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like the mayor of Charlotte for a good while too, but essentially they just like slashed all those budgets, and those budgets were still like super fucked in North Carolina. Um, and so it was just impossible to get a job teaching. Like yeah, I would go for interviews, and they were like, "Oh, you're not certified." And you know, even some of the friends I had that had gotten jobs teaching, they got laid off, and they had to go in a different fields. So it's just at that point, it was just. I have to find a job. Yeah. Even yeah. the teachers they do have, they don't pay them shit. And they don't give them enough to be su- yeah. supply their classroom. And as I got older, too, and as I started working more of a career elsewhere, it just, you know, it's kind of, like now, 
well, maybe not right now because I might not have a job when I get back. But, you know, at the point that I was, it was kind of like I would be taking a pay cut. To teach, yeah. You know, and since I was so far removed from that initial plan of helping kids to help myself, it, you know, it's, it's like you don't want to get into teaching if that's not where you are anymore mentally. You know, so I don't want to go be a teacher just to be a teacher. Like, it's a calling, you know. You want to want to do it. Yeah, I initially got in to do high school teaching and it was one of those like I'm gonna get into teaching because it'll help me feel like I'm doing better but I also wanted to help those students that were a lot like me like so they could see themselves in like someone as a professional but then like I went down a dark road drinking and it became like I was like showing up like hungover and like I just was not grown up enough to teach kids and I was like I can't I can't realistically do this right now, so I need to take a break. And like, I took a break for a little while from education, so just like one of those things you learn about yourself. If you're not here for the right reasons, get the fuck out. I remember like teachers that seemed like they were kind of older and either, you know, started doing it later in life. They were always like the meanest teachers. So it was like, I never, like, I don't want to be that guy. It was like the guy who... You know, it was like we had like a history teacher that was like a stock market guy that then went back, went to teaching. So it's like something dark happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, uh, so it's like I don't want to be that guy now. <laughs> 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 well, one of the professors I had in college um, was he was our soils professor. So in Oregon State, we had like a soils department. Like, we have a department that focuses on like earth sciences which is you know hippy dippy like we are and halfway through the semester we learned that he's a bassist in this band called information society they were like an 80s kind of like power pop brit pop kind of band and they're like huge in europe and in like south america so like i just looked him up real quick and like one Google search showed him performing in front of like 18,000 people. And I was like, motherfucker, you come teach 50 students in a classroom and like do like soils labs with us and that's your life? Who are you? <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> Maybe he really likes it, I guess. Yeah, and he's like one of those guys who's just like really intense about like understanding soil sciences. I was like, you're a fucking nerd. That's great, though. Hell yeah. Go for it. Jeez. Um, so then the band ended up becoming a good thing. I mean, Music. I guess just bands in general. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, just... You know, I mean, just... It's kind of like, I guess, a hobby. I guess it's probably more... Being a band is more of a hobby because it consumes my life. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it just was definitely the thing I cared more about than teaching, you know. Uh, probably when I was younger, wanting to be a teacher, it was like, oh, I'll teach so that summers are free so I can, like, be a max or something, mm-hmm. you know, like, but it was like, music kind of took over that, so it kind of took over everything. Yeah. So, so, yeah. That's fair. No, yeah. I mean, that was part of my initial, like, man, I can have summers to do. At the time, my, my goal was to do, like, house painting in the summer. Like, I love painting houses. I'm one of those guys and I was like I could do that in the summers like that would be super fun um but that never happened I helped Joey paint their living room 
That's about it. <laughs> um, what did y'all do in school? I went for journalism. And did you do anything with journalism? Uh, no. And that's fine. Because yeah. journalism is one of those fields where you're just like, I guess I can write online. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could probably find something to do with it if I really wanted to, but just never did. <clears throat> what was your initial uh, reasoning for going into journalism? Well, I originally went in for English education. Hey! And then I was like, I don't want to do this. Because uh, I started getting into some of the early education classes. I was like, I don't think this is for me right now. So I had enough credits to switch over to journalism and still yeah. graduate close to on time. Uh, so that's what, that's what happened. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. Cool. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to school for a little bit. Uh, I went to a community college in Charlotte, and uh, I was going for music, but like a year and a half later, it was like, the programs that they had wasn't like really fitting for me, especially for a community college, and I, I just kind of just stopped doing it and started doing my family business, which is piano tuning. Oh, whoa. Yeah, and now. Uh, we're getting into something. Yeah. What? Yeah, piano tuning, yeah. Um, Wait. Okay, yeah. that's a family business. It's a family business, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, my, gran- my grandpa has been doing that for uh, uh, in Charlotte for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of in that time period, I was like, you know, I wasn't really happy with, you know, school and education. So I just started uh, learning that trade and started doing that. But yeah, it was, uh, yeah, Ooh. that's where, uh, yeah, I started. <laughs> so... Do you do some of the tuning and stuff too? So like you yeah. understand how like a piano functions? Now? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not yet uh, a certified technician, but um, yeah, I'm like I've been doing it for five years, and you know my my grandpa's pretty much let me take over the business now. So I mean that's pretty much what I'm doing. You know? That's super cool. Yeah. I don't know like anyone that does that. Like I met a friend. I have a friend who started doing. Doing like watchmaking, like he just watch makes make. like really fancy watches. Like he gave up like a whole other career to just start making watches. That's sick. Like, what yeah. the fuck? You making a living doing it? Yeah. Wow. And hell yeah. It's like one of those trades, or if you want to call it, at least watch. Yeah. You know, watchmaking. It's like you don't see that as yeah. much, you know. And it, uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's cool to see. Yeah, yeah. Pick up, pick up a trade and then run with it. Yeah, exactly. So wait, what do you do? Uh, well, now I teach guitar, and I, uh... Who do you teach guitar? Like, kids? It's, or yeah, like... it's mostly kids. I have... Most of them are, like, between the ages of five and eight. Okay. Um, wow, so young kids. Yeah. and then I have one adult and then a 14-year-old. And, um, actually, the 14-year-old practices the least and can be the most frustrated, surprisingly. Oh. Uh, but I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. Yeah. When When did you start doing that? Uh... Two years ago, maybe? Cool. Two or three years ago. Uh, it's it's cool because I, I go to their houses and, you know, I only have to deal with them for 30 minutes or so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so then I can just leave. You know, I don't, it's not like having to be a teacher and you're stuck with these little assholes in a class for like an hour or two hours. You know? For a whole day? Or a whole day, yes. Uh, a oh. whole day. Yeah. I mean, I... I I think the only way that it's probably a stretch. The only way that like education is like a part of my life now is just um, like I work currently for a company called Vanguard, 
and it's uh, like a financial company. So the department I work in, you have to like teach clients about like their options with like beneficiaries and whatnot. So that's okay. you know you have to kind of tell them about like state law and how you know basically when you set up like a beneficiary on your account, uh, you just know the implications of like leaving it to your son or like certain things with like accounts. So yeah. kind of yell at old people all day yeah. about their accounts. Uh, that must be fun. <laughs> nah, nah. I've been there way too long. Uh, this will be, it's, I've been there for like five years Okay. because basically I was trying to get hired on permanent, you know, for like the, uh, they had good vacation and then I didn't pass like some certifications that I needed. So then I got hired back uh, and just been waiting for this record to come out for basically four years to Jeez. either stop working there or yeah. figure out what's next. Yeah. Uh, so I blame Neil. <laughs> That's my you're fault. Taking forever? I guess so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and you're an educate, right? <laughs> well, I guess. I mean, just with... Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I am. I don't yeah. know why I hesitated with that. <laughs> I mean, I was... I, I Well, I think the reason... Because it, it seemed like... Well, you're a straight edge too, right? Yeah. Okay. And After yes. getting sober. Well, so I was, I broke similar. edge and then came back. Well, I, the thing was with me. Like a piece of shit. It, that's why I was, I was, for a second it was like, am I remembering what you just said correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, that's fair. I was actually not straight edge for my teenage years. I, I kind of did the opposite route. Like, okay. usually people turn like 19 or 20 and then, and then they, they sell out. It. Yeah. But I just... I started drinking when I was like 12 oh. and then it was like every weekend or whenever I could you know um, and every single alcohol experience for me is, was just completely blackout yeah. and then so like when I was like 19 I think I got in a fist fight with my brother and he was really drunk and it was just like I don't think drink I should be drinking Yeah. like it seems like a bad thing in my family um, so I just stopped drinking and then I think I drank one more time for, like, my friend's 21st birthday that was older than me. And it was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, it wasn't, you know, I really couldn't drink without just blacking out yeah. every time. Uh, and I would, like, drink on the way to work and stuff. And, like, some of that was just, like, that's the beverage in your refrigerator and yeah. you're thirsty in the morning. But normal people don't really do that. Um, and so, you know, it's just, so during college, it was kind of like, people were like, you don't drink? Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't drink. They're like, is it a religious thing? And they're like, no. <laughs> and they're like, are you allergic? I'm like, no. no. And they're like, you're straight edge. And I was like, yes, yes. I guess. So, well, yeah. so eventually it just became Maybe. a thing, like, it was easier to just tell people that I was straight edge so they'd stop asking me. But I think the reason why I didn't want to just claim straight edge off the bat is kind of the time frame that we came out of yeah. uh, especially with like heavier hardcore and stuff like yeah, they take it some negative seriously. connotations yeah, with yeah. being straight edge so as you kind of researched it more like so around the time I was like 21 I've just been straight edge ever since yeah um, you know kind of like fallen in more in love with it as yeah. I've gotten older well and in the Boston area there's a, a whole reputation for edge and stuff too I think it's gotten a little bit better because the hardcore scene's changed a bit here, but yeah, definitely had the connotation. I didn't even have a term for it in the Northwest. Like, I hadn't even heard the term until 
I was watching pro wrestling and CM Punk like became a whole thing and he's like the straight edge wrestler and I was like oh that's the thing I am okay that makes sense <laughs> I remember my brother he was like 15 and he rode it on a pair of his jeans he rode straight edge uh, you know and then were they like, really a, baggy like yeah, yeah probably around the time yeah well, I don't we didn't have we couldn't afford it so we just like so probably just, had no not even that you just wear pants that were a few sizes too big for it you know <laughs> and so they'd be kind of bunched up you know but yeah. that's like what we had for baggy pants it was like just big pants yeah my mom would let me have baggy pants yeah. Well, it was basically just they were fine with it when because was, they were all hand When I was young, so when I was 15 or 16, yeah, I got one. I wasn't allowed to have tight pants because my dad was too afraid of me growing up queer. Little did he know, he <laughs> wasn't just fine wasn't gonna you. stop it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think that'll stop it if you're. I wore girl pants. Well, because yeah, actually, yeah. I was a metal queer. Kid, yeah, so. that's, well, that's that was the scene. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, and that's where we learned that they didn't have pockets. I wore baggy <laughs> pants as a kid, and I'm you know I'm straight, so yeah. I guess there you go. Yeah, that's that, yep. obviously there's the correlation. I did end up being a little queer kid. <laughs> Wearing my tie pants. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, the Wilmington scene, I don't really feel like the guys wearing girl pants thing was like a big thing, but it was a big thing in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was like way more like kind of thuggish kind of hardcore was really big and so they were, it's like close to, close to a military base. Yeah, close to a military base too, so I think a lot of that kind of comes into the equation so hyper masculine kind of thing yeah. so like tight pants were hardcore is hyper masculine really <laughs> <laughs> i don't believe oh, it yeah. all right time for the music break portion of the podcast i'm gonna bring you some tunes from late bloomer we've been chatting with them for like the last 45 minutes or whatever but now i'm gonna play you one of their songs without us talking in the middle of it so that you don't have to get annoyed with more talking instead you can just rock out to this song it's called heaven it's off the album called waiting which was released by 6131 records just a couple weeks ago this band is doing some great stuff got to watch them perform the night that we did this recording and they put on one kick-ass show It's nice and grungy and dirty and raw, and I hope that you enjoy uh, this song. It's one of my favorites off the new album, and if you like it, please go to 6131records.com or go to latebloomer.bandcamp.com and get yourself either a vinyl record or even a digital copy, maybe even a CD, whatever you you want. Get yourself yourself a copy of this album, support the band, get to the gig, they're on tour right now, give them some support. Alright, here's the song Heaven by Late Bloomer. Life passes by like a parade of traveling performers or a brand new pop sensation. A buck for middle-aged sinners
This is like a lightning round. I'm just gonna ask you things that you like in life. Just to wrap it up in a nice little bowl. So, you, <laughs> so these aren't like big pressure things, but you might freak out because you're not gonna think of something immediately and that's fine. What's your favorite color? Frazier. <laughs> First thing that came to mind. That was. When you said lightning round, it's just Frazier just popped Frazier. in my head. You said that. Your first answer a couple times this tour. Yeah, it's always the first answer. It's always on your mind, dude. Yeah. Frazier's just always yeah. on your mind. Yeah. Pick a color. Uh, all? Green. Aww. You like all colors? Yeah. All colors. That's cute. <laughs> Frazier. Green. Green. All. All right. That's fair. It reminds me of Zoolander 2. Have you seen Zoolander 2? I actually have not seen Zoolander. One. Benedict Cumberbatch's character is named All, and it's like a genderless kind of thing. I am All. It's a whole thing. Uh, what about food? Uh, I was like I was going to say Fraser again. Uh, uh, what if I like, like, we had burritos today, so I guess I like burritos. That seems like the always easy answer, though. Who doesn't like burritos? I like breakfast. If it's breakfast, I usually like it. Yes. Whatever breakfast is. That's fair. All of my favorite foods, I can't really eat anymore. Just like I mean, it's just like if I eat a cheesesteak, it like takes me out of commission. Oh yeah. yeah. And like I'm vegetarian now, so it's like, do you really just want like grilled veggies with cheese whiz on top? You know, like actually, yeah, that sounds good to me. Sign me up. Yeah, well, we had that veg, veg, the vegetarian cheesesteak we had at Govinda's uh, in Philly on the way up here uh, was really good. Yeah. Uh, but you don't all you can't always encounter that, especially in like North Carolina. No, it's, uh, it's definitely much more know, welcoming. Veg, vegetarian friendly food is really popular in Charlotte, but there's not a lot of vegan places. Okay. Uh, so you can get like you can eat well as a vegetarian. But you, like, if you went to travel and you were like, where are the vegan places? Yeah. Then people were like, we don't have any. Then yeah. you'd be like, Charlotte doesn't have anything. It's like, it's just, we don't have vegan places. Per There's se. a good spot in Boston, it's in Cambridge, uh, called Veggie Galaxy. So that is the spot to go for like, even brunch or whatever you want to eat. It's so fucking good. We have a lot of snacks in the van though. We've Hell been yeah. trying to do that instead of like stopping at every gas station, yeah. you know? Just loading up on snacks. So yeah, snacks. That's my favorite. Food. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about favorite TV? What do you guys like watching? Frasier. Well, Frasier? Actually, already, well, right now I'm watching. Uh, well, right now I'm watching Handmaid's Tale. Okay. It's, uh, I'm, I'm on season two. That's actually no bullshit great show. Yeah. Uh, but I'm watching Wings as well. Oh, Because nice. I'm trying to complete the Frasier universe or the nice. Cheers verse, I guess Cheers you would verse. call it. Um, Wings isn't as good, but it's growing on me. I don't watch a lot of TV. I watch movies, but I guess the last show I watched, it was on Netflix, but it was a show. It was that show, Generation Kill, about the Iraq War. Oh, no. Uh, It's just pretty dope. I have not watched it. Interesting. Nobody dies, actually. It's crazy. I don't watch it. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess I do watch a lot of TV, but I try and watch movies more than I do TV. Hmm. Um, You're definitely a movie guy, for sure. all the time. We watched The Mask last night. Yeah, nice. it did not hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Mask or The Mask? The, the Mask. Mas- Jim, Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Oh, yeah, oh it's like the one with Rocky Dennis. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make yeah. you cry, dude. Wait, so Mask yeah. doesn't hold I haven't gone back to it, so. 
It's not good. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, you should go back to it, okay. but it does not hold up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get, get to answer the last question, but I'll live and die by a bomb me Vietnamese sandwich. Oh, yeah. While, while I'm watching Cutthroat Kitchen. That's, hey. that's been my like, current, current show I've been watching. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's my a, partner, Katie, <laughs> has been all about cooking shows lately. Yeah. I'm like, I'm okay with them. Yeah, it's good background. Though, we've so. been watching Nailed It, which is on Netflix, and it's about people who are not good at cooking, <laughs> and they try to replicate really like awesome things from the yeah. internet and they all fail my like, wife watches that it's that as close awesome. people try to get as close as possible to it and they just all always fail so what about movies um, favorite movies favorite I don't watch a lot of favorites anymore <laughs> um, I, well, do you have one uh, The Burbs maybe uh, it's uh, it's a Tom Hanks movie from the late 80s uh, it's when he was still like doing comedies uh, it's like kind of a I'm trying to think what they call it. it's like a kind of closed set kind of movie where essentially everything in the whole movie takes place in one cul-de-sac oh uh, it's like a one location movie and like Corey Feldman's in it um, and like Bruce Dern is one of the neighbors and Carrie Fisher is Tom Hanks' wife uh, essentially this like weird people move into the end of the cul-de-sac in this uh, rundown house and they think they're like killing people in the basement and so oh I know this premise but I don't know the movie because the movie is great someone's parodied that I think that's been parodied like I think the Simpsons did it probably I mean Simpsons Simpsons did it it. Simpsons did it Um, yeah so that's I rewatched it recently and it definitely holds up but I feel like I watch it like every year just to see if it holds up I actually do think I know what you're talking about but I have not seen it yeah, it should watch it. Dude. It's uh, very I? highly recommended. Like, what about you guys? That's a hard one for me. I can easily answer that one. I guess whatever comes to mind at the time. Uh, uh, yeah, I just watch a lot of war movies. All yeah, the that's about all. I just watch war movies and action movies. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, Trying to think. Uh, I love Big Jurassic Lebowski. Park. I love Big Lebowski. Yeah, that's a good one. I was about to ask about Jurassic Park. I watched the new one. <laughs> I heard everyone says it's terrible. It's terrible, but I mean, it's still better than like Jurassic Park Three was terrible. Oh. Um, but the we the thing that's really underwhelming about the new movie is that it feels like it's like a movie trying to just set up a better new movie. Huh. Like it's like the sequel to this like. There was a podcast I was listening to, and they were talking about it, and they were like, the next movie might be good. And it's like, well, that's such a fucked up notion that you watch a whole movie to just set you up. Like, some superhero movies feel that way, too. Like, it's like a Marvel Universe kind of thing. Like, Or, like, just, all of the Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah. sure, all of them can stand alone, but you know they're all buildings with the last one. But you gotta get like eight hours into it. <laughs> but even like some TV feels like that. You're like, you watch five episodes to just build up to this one thing. So there's like, there's this thing in like TV where, like Walking Dead does it a lot, where they'll pour all their budget on like three episodes. So the other episodes are walking because yeah. they don't have money for the other ones. Yeah. So they just, they have to just fill out that time. They, yeah. they have to have like 10 or so episodes a season. So, like, sometimes with movies, too, you feel like that. It's like, could you just basically drag it out because you have to kind of, like, release a movie around this quarter? Yep. Like, that's kind of what it felt like. Actually, uh, uh, for movies, uh, one of my new favorites is Logan Lucky. 
Oh yeah, that yeah, was that so was good. So awesome. It was like Redneck Ocean's Eleven. It was perfect. It's though. They, so they good. Song called uh, uh, Ocean Seven Eleven. <laughs> 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 it's a great movie. I've heard so someone they, they pull those characters off. So someone well. told me that it was Adam work. Driver is amazing. He's great. They're all. I mean, Channing Tatum. Oh man. Daniel Craig's probably the best. Ooh, he's so oh. good. His like broke ass country accent. It sounds so real. I, I wish I knew the actress's name, but the lady who drove for the movie. Oh, I forget her name uh, too. She was great. Everyone was so great. But she was like way. I'm trying to think. Like it's just she was more low key of a character. Yeah. But I don't know. She's really great in it too. Goodness. Yeah. No. What you're saying about the movie bu- or show budgets? I've been. I listened to the. The podcast about the show The West Wing. And the West Wing is one of my favorite shows of all time. But there was they're one of those shows that would build up like their season premieres and finales, yeah. and were and always usually, huge. Well, now mid, so there's usually three now. But it used to just be the two tail ends. Yeah, and so there was a part of one of the seasons where they're like, "We don't have a lot. Can you do a bottle episode?" Where yeah. they just did like one thing inside of like two rooms of the White House. And then they're like, can you do another bottle episode with Alice and Gianni's character out where she's originally from and just like do it as low budget as you can. And they end up being some of the most impactful episodes because I love bottle episodes because you're like the bottle episode of um, Breaking Bad, the fly episode. We've watched the, that's a bottle episode. They're stuck inside of one setting. And that episode is amazing to me. I think yeah. it's really good, but Sliders a lot of people hated it. Huh? Sliders would do it a lot. Oh, yeah. Because they had, like, like it was tiny like, little burgers? Yeah. <laughs> those tiny little burgers. But they would do that a lot, too. It would be, like, an episode set in, like, one uni- universe. Uh, but it was like they were stuck in a house or something, you know? Like, TV does that all the time. I think people are probably better about executing it now than, like, Dukes of Hazard was or something yeah. back in the day. Um, yeah. That show didn't age well. No. <laughs> you think? Um, it's in on this. In and of itself, I did like that show, though. It was an entertaining <laughs> show. Uh, the politics of it. Yeah, yeah. It but was like, on all the time. It was on all the time. Reruns of it as a kid. You know, yeah. 10 years old, that was what was on TV. Yeah. Reruns of Dukes of Hazard and Matlock. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. on all the time in the yeah. city. Matlock, definitely. Matlock. Yeah. I remember seeing And that. In the Heat of the Night. The they oh, were yeah, on. Dude. Those three shows were on all the time. Oh, in the heat of night. Yeah. Uh, we we had. Um, uh, what was it? Andy Griffith's show was randomly always on. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. Um, let's end on this. What are some of your favorite albums of all time? Uh, Neurosis, Sun That Never Sets, and uh, I don't know. That's the only one. That's the only one that comes to mind? That's fair. What are you listening to right now? Uh, a lot of Red House Painters okay. uh, recently, and the new Self-Defense Family is really good. I really like it. I And I've always been like Same. really hit or miss with yep. them, but it's like great. It's it actually a consistent album. album. Yeah, and like I think it's what I always wanted them to do. Yep, you know? Same. And like, because it's, I mean, it's... It was, it's a great album. They're like, a really weird high me. art kind of band, but this one they actually like focused and made a sound instead of like just fucking with you. Like it's an indie rock record. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah. What are you guys? Uh, 
That is a tough question because there's always there's so many, but I guess the first thing that comes to mind is the first Third Eye Blind record. Hey! Uh, People love that. And it, it aged really well. Yeah, it did. I, I, that, it's like 20-some years old now, right? Dude, it's like 20 years old. It came out, I think, in 97. Yeah. Uh, it's so fucked up. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's tough. I, like, I really awesome like the second kind of Crows record. Is sick oh, too. yeah. If we're going to be on that Hell yeah. trajectory. Yeah. yeah. I would say um, probably... I knew you were going to third up one. Definitely, yeah. I was gonna, <laughs> you almost took mine. But I was going to say probably Blink-182, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Yeah. Was, yeah. was mine, you know. Uh, but there's a lot of others that I'm not... I'm totally blanking on right now. We've been right? listening yeah. to the new Vane album. Oh, yeah. Times. That one's yeah. good. Um, Listen to that one at the gym, getting yeah, all toxic yeah. as fuck. Like, Ray Harkins, I don't know if you know him, 100 Words or Less podcast, yeah. he tweeted that it sounded like, uh, shit, what's that ferret band? We were talking about them. They had the light show. Scarlet. Yeah, he's yeah. like, it sounds like Scarlet. Hmm. And so I was like, gonna go listen to this record right now. <laughs> and then it's like Scarlet mixed with Spitfire, but like through like a double XL t shirt blender, you know? <laughs> Spitfire was always just Scarlet but better. Yeah, so that's that was a surprising album with me. It's always good to always love hearing a heavy record that still like kind of moves me. You know, and I think that's I'm older, so it has a good industrial feel to it too. Yeah, Yeah. it's doing something a little bit more uh, than I'm. Sometimes I feel like I'm too old for hardcore, but that one like really makes me feel like it's like still viable. Yeah, doing something interesting. Hell yeah. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks this was fun. Thank it's hot as fuck. Yeah. I hate that. It's so sweaty. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. But hell yeah. It was a good little uh, diner sit-down chat. All right. We did it. Another episode done. Fantastic. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the guys in Late Bloomer. They were a lot of fun to hang out with that day. And really stoked that they have put out an album that is fantastic uh, with a bunch of our friends over at 6131 Records. Very, very glad that they're seeing some success right now. And really hope that you you learned some stuff throughout the course of the last hour. And yeah, make sure to go check out their album at latebloomer.bandcamp.com. It's also on Spotify. It's all over the place. You can get a copy of the vi- you can get a vinyl copy of it through their site and you can also go to 6131 Records and get a copy of it there. However you want to do it. Just send them some support. Send them some money too. Bands need money these days. Also, if you are in any need of support throughout um, some of these trying times in our country, please go to uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline uh, org or call 1-800-273-TALK, which is 1-800-273-8255. You can also text the crisis text line by texting TALK to 741741. Please just know that you're not alone out there. You got a lot of support. You got a lot of people who are willing to help you out. So follow us on EduPunksPod on Instagram and Twitter. Find us on Stitcher, Google Play, however you ingest podcasts. Until next week, let's get to work. Bye.